Hello, peoples, and welcome to the Jerick Show. <laughs> I had to think about what our name was there for a second. But yes, the show that brings you all your timely topics poorly presented, not because of me, but because of my co-star, who you will be introduced to very shortly. Welcome to the Jerick Show, featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Krohn. Timely topics poorly presented. Eric, how are you doing today? Good morning and welcome to Friday. I see you're ready for a party weekend. You have your red light on already. Yeah, just like you me and Roxanne. On your red light. Right, exactly. Yeah, no. Um, we have a holiday here in the U.S. And I understand, though, that in the competition realm, you have two of them next week. Is that right? Yes, we have two next week. That's right. A, because we want to, we, we always have more holidays than you because we believe in a bit of work-life balance. <laughs> Secondly, it's Her Majesty's 75th year on the throne. So it's kind of a big deal. That That is kind of cool. I mean, yeah, I not that I follow your politics that much, but I don't ever remember a time that she wasn't the queen and there was anyone else having to do with anything else. But because it's a 75th year on the throne, unless you're older than 75, there's no way that you can possibly remember anyone else being the queen. Right. But but, but did you ever have a king? <laughs> like, I just, I don't even know. See, I'm not 75 or above. So. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, it, it's, uh, uh, that's cool though. I, I've been, I've been outside Buckingham Palace and it is a beautiful place for sure. I love that area of London. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so Good on you, I suppose. And, uh, you know, ironically, I actually just saw a post yesterday on social media where somebody had made a comment about a company that said, hey, Amazon is giving like 20 days of uh, paternity leave or maternity leave, something like that. And this person was like, if I let somebody take 20 days off, I would realize that I could do without them and, and just eliminate their position. And I'm like, that is the most American thing I've heard anyone say in forever and dear lord i wouldn't want to work there anyways wow that that is just unbelievable it's it's like yeah let's not treat people like people if you if we can survive right. a few hours without you then why are we paying you at all yeah it's only a kid versus your job here at the office i mean come on now wow. yeah i uh i don't know social yeah. media brings about brings out the the absolute worst in people but, uh, you know, I, I have this really good technique, healing technique. Whenever someone says something that infuriates me online. I just really don't care. Is my standard response. So <laughs> Nice. You know what? I'm going to have to make a new one of those because in early July, um, which actually that'll be an, an anniversary. It'll be a year. Um, early July, we're taking a cruise. We're actually going to go out to uh, like Mexico and somewhere else. Um, I'm I'm not going to be able to do much because I'm still I still have a broken flipper, but uh, I'll have to get in the water there and and do another better, more crisply done, high definition version of that. I just really don't care. You know, the fun is in having it a poorly poorly made version of you that makes it <laughs> meme worthy. <laughs> well, it definitely goes along with our tagline of timely topics poorly presented, right? It does indeed. It does indeed. Speaking of topics, speaking of topics, let's jump straight into this. 
So the FTC have fined Twitter $150 million for using 2FA info for targeted advertising. So there's a couple of things to the story. I thought this happened before, but the date on this is 25th of May. So maybe it's the time when the actual yeah. fine has been issued. It looks like some stuff happened way back when. Okay. But yeah. they, they came yeah. around and, and I think what they did is they said, Hey, Elon Musk is trying to buy that. And they're, they're driving the stock prices down right now. And let's go ahead and let's throw another $150 million fine at it and see just how cheap we can get it for good old Elon. I, I'm reasonably sure that's what's going on or maybe just timing. I don't know either. Maybe, way, but maybe what, but, what's but what happened here is that people yeah. offer, if, if they, if you want like the, the, the poor man's MFA, which is like to use your phone's SMS code um, to, to log into Twitter. You could be just given your phone number. So every time you log in, you put in your ID, your password, and uh, they will text you a code to your phone number. And then you input that code and that allows you to log in. All well and good, quite secure-ish. But what Twitter were caught doing was saying, oh, we now have this person's phone number. Now let's use this to, to target them, to track. It's, it's another data point they have on people pull in more data, sell the data, uh, you know, whatever. And, and this is what they've been caught at because you cannot, there, there's a statement here, there's a violation of the FTC Act uh, and a 2011 Commission's admin, admin order, which banned the company from misrepresenting its security and privacy practices and profiting from deceptively collected data. Yep. So this is where like they're saying, hey, you collected this information, the phone number for one reason for security, and now you're using it for advertising. And that's what they've been done on. What do you think? Yeah. About that, Eric? Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's kind of crap for them to do that, quite honestly. Um, that's that's uncool. I mean, you, you you're setting up something for security, not to give out more of your information. And I don't know if you have them over there or not, Javad, but there's a, a run now of Apple commercials that are really touting the privacy of the iPhones. And it's it's basically this gal going into a room and they're auctioning off her data up there. Like, you know, location information. Do I hear 450? Do I hear 500? Do I? And, and you know, basically they go through and, and um, you know, they, they show the iPhone and she shuts down all that stuff. Anyways, it, it it's driving into that. But it, it, it kind of tells you that people are, being a little bit more security conscious. They are caring a little bit more about that. And so something like this, where they're blatantly misrepresenting what they're doing with the information, um, that's just wrong. And I'm glad to see that they people are actually being more aware of it. Or do you think Apple's trying to push it as something people should be aware of and as a marketing feature? Call me cynical, but you know, it's, (laughs) you know, yeah. No, I, I think it's actually a little bit of both. I think people are starting to realize a little bit more that we have a lot of information out there. And as we continue to get hassled with the phone calls all the time, trying to sell us extended car warranties and and all that kind of crap. And and that stuff is happening constantly. Scammers and and you know, just marketers and all kinds of crap all the time are taking up our time. I think people are starting to care more about it. Maybe not from the security standpoint but the the annoyance standpoint i mean the the people doing the calls all the time are very much like the the solicitors of old that used to knock on your door at dinner time right and i think people are sick of that 
Yeah, see, I think like from annoyance perspective, I mean, you are the most annoying person I know. Well, you're in the top three most annoying people I know, but that doesn't stop me talking to you every week on this show, at least. <laughs> good point, and, good point. And, and I'm not really sure. I'm not, I, I really am not convinced that people actually care as much as what we like to think that they care about it. You can go, the, the best way, I think the best way to, to show people how much information is there, if you're on Facebook or Twitter or, or whatever, go in and try to buy an ad so go into you like i want to post an ad or promote my post or boost it whatever the, the terminology might be mm -hmm. and when you go to buy it it will say well how much how, what's your budget and you say like well ten dollars fifty dollars whatever and then look at all the options they give you what demographic do you want to go for what's the gender of the person what location do you what's the age group what yeah. what should there be their interests what should there be their household income how much you know should they be have kids under the age of 12 or over you know, there's yeah. so much information <laughs> and you think wow these companies collect a whole ton of data but hey that's why i get targeted ads well, you know what, and just to just to kind of put out there a little bit behind that, in the U.S., I just looked it up. As of September 30th of 2020, there were 241 million active registration on the uh, FTC's do not call list, meaning 241 million people have said, I don't want to be contacted on this number. That's an action that they actively took, which I, I think people are tired of this. I really do. Being tired of nuisance calls is one thing. Being concerned about your privacy and the data you get. Okay, we could yeah, talk no, about no. this. Yeah, about this We're not going to go anywhere with this, are we? <laughs> yeah, because so, I do kind of agree with you there. I don't think it's because of the privacy. Uh -huh. I think it's because of the convenience piece that they care. Yes. Anyways, yes. So you moving heard, on. Uh, Eric agrees with me. I'm right. He's wrong. And we can move on. The NCSC report reveals fishing laws increasingly disguised as vaccine appointments wow so um they so this was like the ncsc uh, the national cyber security center releases fifth thing and um the report and um you know there's like a whole bunch of um you know bad actors out there and, and they've got like some impressive figures like over three million site takedown or bad bad url takedowns that have done but they they see like there's a whole um th there's new like nhs vaccine laws that have been going on uh, and, and these aren't just through emails a lot of them are through sms messages as well so it, it's it's it entice people oh your your, your boosters do click here you go through and it looks like a, the nhs website and enter your details enter some payment information whatever that might be and uh, off you go so it's um it, it's quite scary and and what they um also said was that they they started to offer qr codes which everyone's got really used to with the um with the uh, rapid flow testing and stuff you do take the test and then you scan the qr code or when you go for an appointment you scan the qr code so because it's becoming a more normalized way of uh, accessing the data or reporting the data people aren't as suspicious of qr codes as maybe they once were have you yeah. seen anything similar on your side of the pond, Eric? I mean, I'm, I'm seeing QR codes being used in advertising these days on TV all the time. We had the big Super Bowl ad um, that that stirred up a lot of stuff, but I'm seeing other things doing that to include there's like 
um, one of these daytime TV shows where they have like these special deals and uh, they talk about all this stuff, you know, normally $12,432 years for only $199. If you scan this QR code, and by the way, NBC makes some of the money off that, uh, yeah. but it, it, it's showing up like more often now, which is ironic because QR codes have been around for a decade at least. Right. And, uh, and there for years, uh, People like, especially in marketing, the people that I knew were like, QR codes are stupid. They're dead. They're never going to be anything. And then lo and behold, all of a sudden, I, I think COVID got used to that um, where you would go sit down at a table and scan a QR code to get the menu. Right. And, and, and we've now found a use for it that is, is semi-legitimate, unlike cryptocurrency, um, <laughs> which is totally illegitimate anyways. But anyways, we're, we're, we're seeing that and it's being used more, but unfortunately people are blindly doing it. I mean, look at our KB4Con, um, conference that we had, they went up and they stuck QR codes around just for grins to see what would happen. And, and there were a lot of people that scanned those QR codes randomly at a security conference, um, before another person who didn't know it was part of our deal went and took them all down, but we yeah. still got a lot of people with that, right? They were just like, Hey, what's this thing and scan it. Right. So this is great. It's showing you the good and bad side of security, like awareness, like on, on one hand, people not blissfully scanning it. And the other hand, someone saying this is wrong. This shouldn't be out here. Let's take them all down. And so it's it's a it's a it's a good news story. I like to see it as like, you know, I'm I'm the half cup full kind of person versus the empty cup, which is Eric. Prone. I'm really yeah. struggling with my words today. I needed. I need. I should have had some caffeine before we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> so talk us through this this story, Eric. Yeah. So um, a bunch of groups got together um, and ended up arresting this ringleader of phishing and scams. Believe it or not, in Nigeria. No, Locker, right. Where the where the prince true. lives, right? The legends <laughs> are true, <laughs> right? Right. I mean, it's you know, it's it's kind of ironic that it's there, but I mean, we all know that it doesn't really matter where in the world. There's scammers everywhere, right? Um, but yeah, this is a 37 year old guy, major campaigns in BEC and and you know, individuals, companies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Guy made a lot of money and a, a group of people got together, a group of organizations got together and went after him and with the help of Interpol, uh, what is it? Interpol's, what's it say there? Oh yeah, the Cyber Fusion Center. I thought that was a really cool name. If I'm going to name a center, it's Cyber Fusion Center, right? Uh, but uh, they, they ended up taking him down, which is nice. And what this is going to do is it is going to decrease the amount of attacks that happen in phishing by absolutely no amount whatsoever. <laughs> no significant amount or a, a negligible amount, I believe is the scientific term. <laughs> Do you disagree with me? I mean, it's no, cool that he no. got busted, but. It's like taking a, a, a cup of water out of the sea. Technically, you have decreased the amount of water in the sea, but for all intents and purposes, it makes no difference. You know, I saw a statistic the other day. It's, uh, I believe it was 6.4 billion fake emails are sent out every day. Wow. Who, who's, uh, well, what's fake? <laughs> let's, let's uh, like, like spoofed, like, uh, you know, 
not necessarily specifically BEC, but, you know, spam, um, scams, phishing, whatever, you know, that kind of stuff. Just the garbage ones. I mean, because if I were to tag them, I'd tag half of your emails to me as being fake because they're just like whining about something or help help me do this. Or I inserted a picture into Word and now my document formatting is all messed up. How do I recover it? Um, so, you know. I, th I think you're thinking of James because I do all that in WhatsApp, not email. <laughs> I am not dragging someone who's not on this show into this. I do not roll like that. Well, I am when did you get moral? Roast people to their face. I do not do it behind their backs. I like to look into the whites of their eyes because I'm a nice person. I'm an absolute delight to be around. So what you're telling me is the times that I haven't been on this show, you've been complimentary toward me. Well, I've known you've been watching. So then I've like been having this. <laughs> is it like that thing? Like, you know, it's like, you're on air and like you like kids when i pull my ear that means i'm saying hello to you and uh you know that that it's like that secret message that's going on so you know when you're not on the show eric and you're at home i know you're watching so i i, I talk to you as well as talking to the millions and millions of other people um around the world watching this right now great great to know <laughs> So why are CFOs being left out of ransomware conversations? That's the question. I don't get this. I mean, you know, uh, in, in skimming the article, what's it? 12% were taking an active role in planning for ransomware attacks. I mean, this is, this is a financial hit, a significant financial hit on organizations. There's all kinds of things that have to be decided, you know, under what circumstances will we pay? Um, you know, what kind of losses could we expect from one of these things? There's a lot of things that the CFO should be involved with, with ransomware, because ultimately ransomware comes down to a, a monetary crime. They're after money paying the ransom. And, and that needs to be something that, that the CFO can, can, take a part in before all hell breaks loose. And that's uh, that's why I was really surprised to see some of these numbers thrown around there. I honestly thought they would be more involved in those discussions as part of the C-level and C-suite and board meetings, especially. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, this is a hard article to skim read. And I'm trying to figure out what the questions actually were and what they actually ask because I'm really being skeptical about the methodology used and how they arrived at that. It just feels really. Yeah, but either way, it drives home the point that if you're in an organization, part of your disaster recovery and your incident response plan needs to involve your executives, including the CFOs including your your CMO. I mean, your marketing people and PR people need to be involved when it comes to something like ransomware that's so public, that's such a big deal. They need to be involved in those discussions because they're going to be involved in the incident response if it happens. Do you disagree yeah. with that? No, I, I don't disagree with that. I think that's a that's a common sense approach. I, I'm 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 actually disagreeing with the with the yeah. outcome i find it really hard to believe that most cfos are being left out of those conversations well and i'm looking at the active role in planning ransomware you know planning for ransomware attacks what does that mean i mean yeah you're right that the question could be kind of slanted like 
I, I can't imagine a CFO actually writing the incident response plan, right? They're going to, yeah. they're going to give information towards it that someone else is going to compile and they're going to give that kind of stuff. So you're right. It could be some misleading numbers, but either way, we need to make sure that, uh, that we keep our executives involved. Indeed, indeed. And the last story of the day, this is one I, I actually spoke about earlier this week on my TikTok and YouTube <laughs> yeah. channel. So please like, share and subscribe. Uh, it's J4VV4D on, uh, uh, well, anyway. Um, <laughs> with a new variant of uh, a ransomware strain, it's called Goodwill. And what it does is that when you when the when it attacks an organization and encrypts all their files, they don't want you to pay them. Surprisingly, they want you to um, donate some clothes to the homeless, take some kids out for a meal, like uh, underprivileged kids out for a meal, or provide medical assistance to people that can't afford it. So it's uh, it's kind of like a, a Robin Hood story in in many ways. But um, yeah, that that's kind of like the, the 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 companies. Then they have to take a photo or a video and post it to social media to prove that they've they've done it. And after that's done, then they'll be sent the decryption key, which is um, you know I I I really struggle to 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 say that any use of ransomware is justified, whatever the the purpose may be. You you, you might think you're being noble, but you know, you're not just hitting an organization when you do this. You're you're hitting like the whole ecosystem that that organization is part of. There's like could be hundreds or or thousands of employees within that place are all dependent yeah. on their salaries. Some people are on zero hour contracts. Some people are on minimum wage. You know, you're screwing with a whole bunch of people's lives. And you know, I don't think there's anything noble in forcing someone else to donate to charity. You're better off putting your hand in your own pocket. You know, right. taking out that fiber and giving it to someone yourself, as opposed to you know going about it this way. Well, and you know, in, in there's been a couple times in the ransomware gang that there have been some interesting ways that they've tried to do stuff. Right, there was one um, a while back. It was a, a ransomware version that, um, if you read some articles about staying secure, they would give you your decryption key. Okay, but you had to like read articles about that. This was way wow. back when. Okay, really so it was awareness tactic, isn't it? You right, right, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a, a misguided attempt to get people to be more secure, I suppose. Right, and uh, um, there was also there's there's been some other <laughs> some some nefarious ones too. And the one I always go back to, I just, I still think it's hilarious. It's, it was called Popcorn Time. And popcorn time, if you get infected, they give you a code as part of it. And if you send that to others and infect two other organizations, you get your decryption key free. It's, it's like, like a pyramid Ponzi. scheme. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's like a pyramid scheme of ransomware. I mean, they've they've definitely tried different things to, to do stuff. And some of them think they're doing good. But you're right. I mean, you're impacting an organization here. Um, it's not okay to do that. No, no, not not in the slightest. So if you had the cho if you were forced that you had to encrypt, you had to deploy ransomware to one organization in the world, you know, or, you know, the terrorists are going to win. You were forced to do that. Who would you push it to? Probably um, the organization called at J4. Mother. 
Okay, so <laughs> we lost Eric there for some reason. Anyway, uh, thank you for being with us today. Um, next week, I'm not around because, of course, I would love to be, but because it's a Queen's Platinum Jubilee, um, coming into work on that day is an offence that is punishable by beheading, and we wouldn't want to see that, would we? So <laughs> don't answer that, Eric. Don't answer that in the comments. <laughs> anyway, uh, until next time, stay secure, my friends.